1: kind of reminds me of, of youth camp just a few weeks ago. We, we had to have a discussion with our youngest. He decided uh, last year, not this year at camp, but last year at camp, he, we found out he took like one shower all week. So we were like, hey, bud, that's not enough. And you know what his reply was? I went swimming. How many of you know that just getting wet doesn't make you clean? And so this morning, this sermon is not a just-get-wet message. As a matter of fact, when I tell you what I'm about to preach about, if you do anything unlike the other two services, it's about to get real quiet in here. Help us, Lord. I want to preach about the sin of pride. That's the most noise anybody's made during that (laughs) statement all morning. The sin of pride. All right. Open your Bibles to James chapter four. We're going to go to verse number ten. James chapter four. Many of you should know this verse. It's a verse that that becomes a a Bible verse in our, our children's ministries. It's one of those verses that that speaks to people that that parents quote and, and it, it's just a, it's a solid verse. But James chapter four, verse number ten. Hey, can I just testify? I know I'm supposed to be preaching now, but did did you hear that we had between thirty five and forty people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this place on Wednesday night? Isn't that awesome? Amen. I just want more of that. Amen. All right, here's this powerful verse. Are you ready? Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. There is your path to success. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. So it's an attitude of positioning yourself in the right place. Okay, think about that positioning for just a moment. Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 18 says this. says, pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Amen. See, some of you are just, when I announced my topic, you're sorry that our all-in series is over. But this is good. Proverbs 18 and 12. Haughtiness goes before destruction, but humility precedes Honor. Last night, we'd gone to bed, and I was watching something. I don't remember what it was. And, and Christina fell asleep, and, 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 and so I, I quickly finished that show, and I wasn't quite ready for, for sleep yet. I was, I was getting there, and, and I, I I turned off the TV, so I reached for my phone and went to my news feed. And, you know, that's never helpful to go to sleep. But uh, <laughs> as I got to my news feed, uh, I saw a video by one of my favorite preachers, and so I, I clicked it, and, and and in about 3 minutes and 48 seconds, that brother ruined my next six months. <laughs> he brought the Word. Awesome. He was qu- he quoted like six scriptures that all showed me how much work I need. Awesome. So needless to say, I was not ready for sleep. <laughs> I was praying for sleep because I didn't want to be repenting all night long. But the Word works inside of who we are. Amen. And what we have to find from these simple scriptures is that in our lives, in almost every one of our lives, we're struggling with a sin that we're kind of used to. We're struggling with a sin that's that's not easy to deal with. And we've got to go into the battle against this sin. And this sin is the sin of Pride. I want you to understand that pride is the first chapter. Get this. Pride is the first chapter in the book of failure. But humility is the first chapter in the book of success. So what is pride? What is the sin of pride? Well, the sin of pride is a preoccupation with oneself. Okay? That I'm focused on me. How many of you know the song that's the the song of pride? You ever heard it? I bet you have heard it. (laughs) I did it my way. That's a good one. The song of pride. You may have heard it sung sometimes. It goes like this. It goes, ready? (laughs) Me, 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 (laughs) me. I can't hear me, 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 me. It's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. The sin of pride. You know that goes directly against the greatest commands of our lives? What did Jesus say the greatest commands for our lives were? That we should love God as we loved him with all of our heart, all of our soul, with all of our strength. And then what did the word say? He said, and next you should love your... Neighbor as yourself. It's okay to to feel good about yourself, but you should never exalt yourselves above that love that you have for your neighbors. And so what I feel like God's doing for us today is we're not just, we're not just going swimming. We've got to get cleaned up a little bit today. And in our lives, we have to understand that pride comes to destroy us. You see, we have to understand that pride loves self, and pride, pride says acknowledge me, but humility says don't look at me. We have to get ourselves in the right position. In case you don't understand it, you can never lead until you get yourself in the position of humility. Right. I want you to catch this. I want you to get this today. We spend a lot of time getting ourselves in the right positions. I don't know if you realize how much, but, but you know what? We do that. In the second service today, somebody came in and looked, and somebody was in their position in this place. I thank God they did not go up to them and go, <clears throat> you're in my seat. As a matter of fact, can I just tell you, don't you walk in if somebody's in your seat and come up to them and go, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to sit there. Do you know why? They may be lost. And what's more important is we're going to sit with them in heaven. That's right. Now, you want to mess with a pastor? Move seats. <laughs> I'm serious. You mess with me because you are creatures of habit. You have your positions. You have your positions at home. At my house, you know that chair is mine. <laughs> my son-in-law had to learn that's my seat. <laughs> he has not figured out not to use my favorite coffee cup yet. That's all right. I love him. He's a good one. But that's my seat. You see, when we go out to lunch, it'll be that way. Well, I want to sit next to so-and-so. Or how many of you are married to somebody who uh, always has to have their, their, their back against the wall? They can't have their back? to Yeah. You see, we, we worry about positions. You know why would I talk about that right now? The reason I'm bringing that up is this. We have to choose the position that we're going to take in every relationship of our lives you'll either choose the position of humility or the position of pride. There's not really any other choices when you interact with other people. You will either choose the position of pride, which you better watch out if you do, because the Bible said God resists the proud. And so if you choose the position of pride, God is going to have to break that down. Can I just tell you that if you're struggling with this sermon right now, thank you. Because I'm struggling with this sermon right now because God's revealing that there's things in my life that need to be dealt with. And there's positions that, that, you know, I've got a friend that always has to have the last word. He's a great pastor, great man of God. But I like picking on him because he always has to have the last word. Like I can text him and he'll text back an answer and I'll, I'll say some, I mean, like it is a closing statement. There is no need for reply and he'll have to say something back. So I'll text him back a period. Sorry. And he'll send me back a smiley face. (laughs) That's just his nature. And I think, Mike, your wife must want to kill you. Because you always have to have the last word. You're positioning yourself to win the argument. Can I tell you that winning the argument is not the most important thing? That being a believer is the most important thing. You see, when you choose the position of pride, you're going to have to realize that God's going to humble you. I was reading a story, a, a really good example, uh, uh, the other day, and I'm I just going to share that with you. I thought it was pretty powerful. It was about a young man that you'll recognize his name. Uh, his name was Benjamin Franklin. And Benjamin Franklin, as, in his young years, wrote many editorials for the paper. And as Benjamin Franklin would write these editorials, he would love to pick people in the community, and he would, he would eviscerate them in the press. One man that became his very favorite to attack I want you to think about whoever's attacked you on social media when I tell this story. His very favorite to attack was a local pastor, Quaker pastor, by the name of Cotton Mathers. And Cotton Mathers was pastoring in that area and had to just take blow after blow after blow from Benjamin Franklin. So what did Cotton Mathers do? Well, he sent Benjamin Franklin an invitation to his home for dinner. How many of you would want to invite the person who's assaulted you home for dinner? Cotton Matthews invited him for dinner. Of course, Franklin, thinking there was going to be a confrontation, obviously something else to write about, accepted the invitation. Franklin went from that place he was in, joined the pastor at his home for dinner. They enjoyed the dinner. And the pastor, knowing that Franklin's greatest source of pride, the thing that he valued the most about himself was not his own characteristics, was the fact that he owned the largest library on the continent. Franklin's personal library had 4,276 volumes at that point in his life, and he was so proud of his library that that Mathers knew that if he gave him an invitation to see his humble library, that that it would give Franklin a position. You know, and, and of course Franklin gladly said, "Yes, I'd be happy to see your library." So they started down the little hallway, and as they started down the hallway into the library, the pastor proceeding ahead, he turns his head and looks back at Franklin, and he says, "Stoop, stoop." to which Franklin did not catch on fast enough and, boom, smacked his head right into a low-hanging beam. Franklin would say it was one of the most powerful lessons of his life because instead of fighting with him, this little pastor looked at him with love and said, young man, stoop, for if you carry your head too high in life, you will find you will have a life full of painful lessons. Stoop, stoop. I thought, how powerful. You see, in our lives, when we take the position of arrogance, when we take the position of I'm right and you're wrong, we can't have peace in our home, we can't have peace in our relationships, we can't have peace in our lives because we're in the wrong position. Do you know what the greatest thing that will help destroy that wrong position is? And I just want you to get this real simple today. The greatest thing that will destroy that wrong position is praise. Because praise in its proper place is the greatest enemy of pride and the greatest friend of humility. When you begin to realize who he is and who you are not, when you begin to lift him up the way that he deserves, for you see, praising God is not possible from a position of pride. Praise from a position of pride is only offered to placate I mean, you really don't mean it when you're in a prideful way praising someone. You really just want to pacify them. Oh, that's nice. Or you want to be at peace with them. And, and when we come to God's house with the wrong attitude, we're just trying to make sure we've checked off. You know what? God's not that way. God's not watching you with a checklist. God loved you enough he died for you. And God's your number one cha- champion pulling for you. And so instead of trying to check off everything for God, we need to get our hearts in the right place, in the right condition. And when we get our hearts in the right place, in the right condition, and we begin to exalt Christ, it changes everything. It changes uh, our, our attitudes, it changes our focus, and it changes our position. Let me just take you to what I believe would be the greatest praise song of all time, the greatest Christian song of all time. They sing it everywhere. And, and who would know what that would be? It would be Amazing Grace. Amazing grace is probably one of the best examples of of proper positioning. The proper positioning that you find in amazing grace, listen to where it begins. It says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a... Uh Uh-oh, that's positioning. He doesn't say, who's lucky I finally made up my mind you got to think who wrote these words. This man had sailed upon a ship that had had hundreds, if not thousands of slaves be murdered on his ship. And he had a hardness had pressed on and pressed on. And when finally he found grace and found forgiveness, he took himself to an old church in the middle of nowhere and spent his days scrubbing and cleaning an old church, just trying to have a relationship with a God. And those were the words that he penned. He said, I can't look at who I was. I can't look at what I've done, nor can I look at who I think that I am. I have to degrade myself, change my position, And exalt the one who is worthy. And he said, I was a wretch like me, and I once was lost, but now, thanks to him, I am found. I was. Blind, But now I see. You see, that kind of positioning changes things. Because when you start changing that kind of position in your life, you're not talking about who you are, but you're talking about who Jesus is. And when you start talking about who Jesus is, then you'll start to realize who you are. And one of the greatest things in my life is when the devil tells me I'm nothing, I'll say, you don't understand. I am the righteousness of Christ. Why? Not my righteousness, but Christ's righteousness lives inside of me. I want you to get this today. I want you to begin to understand that you should lift up your eyes. And, and I know that I probably made the point, but just because I want to enjoy a little more of the song, it was grace that taught my heart to fear. Come on now. And grace, my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. I mean, you know, you're not, you haven't made it this far on your own because through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come but was grace that brought us safe thus far and grace that will lead us home. What's those words again. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You know, we have to understand that when we truly praise, we elevate our God. Pride elevates ourselves. But praise elevates our God. I don't don't think we preach about pride enough. Could I at least buy an amen on that statement? Why? Because we don't see the danger of it. I mean, we can preach about lust because lust corrupts the mind. We can preach about adultery because it destroys families. We can preach about alcohol, drugs, addiction because they enslave the masses. Dare I say this morning, and I believe that almost every one of those sins begin with an unconfessed area of pride. Think about it. Lust is rooted in the pride of your needs and your wants above those that uh, you're, you're seeking after. Adultery, it's all about me. It's all about me and not those family members depending on you. Addictions are the result of you thinking that somehow you can handle something that's destroyed six generations of your family. You see... Pride is at the root of it all. And pride is the greatest in the first struggle of all. In the beginning, Satan himself, the first sin that we know of, Satan himself lifted himself up in Isaiah. We, we find this 14. Uh, we find that it says, you said to yourself, I'll climb to the heavens. I'll, I'll set my throne over the stars of God. I'll run the assembly of angels that meets on sacred Mount Zaphon. I want you to understand. He said, I'm coming up there, God. I'm going to lift myself up. And zaphan that was the strong place that if you held that ground, you wouldn't lose any battles. He said, I'll climb to the top of the clouds. I'll take over as king of the universe. Wow. What was the very first sin man committed? If you eat this, you will be like God. All rooted in pride. And you have to understand that Satan knows that you cannot worship from a pedestal of pride. He knows that pride cost you your place before the throne. But can I tell you today that praise reestablishes your position before God. Your sin may have sent you to the wilderness, but praise will bring you back into the presence of the living God. And when you get in His presence, repentance comes, and grace comes, and restoration comes. You see, pride costs mankind. And it's still costing us. How many of you understand your marriages will fail If you allow pride to prevail, I have one deep piece of advice for you if you're struggling with pride in your marriage. Are you ready for this? Get this stoop. Stoop. You do not have to be always right. My wife will tell you, I'm still working on that. Y'all have behaved. In the first service, I got to that that point in the message, and this little lady sitting right over there, she literally went, she hit her husband like, boom! (laughs) And looked at him and went, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I said, well, we'll talk to y'all after service. Stoop. If you're having broken relationships with people, you know what? Broken relationships are not God's plan. It is good when God's people dwell together in unity. And when someone's wronged you and you're right, they've wronged you. I get that. Do you know what you need to do? Stoop. Realize that sometimes you wrong people and you don't even mean to. Stoop. Let down the pride. Focus on who God is. Focus on how much you love that person. There are opportunities that are missed because of pride. If you're there, stoop. If you would realize that pride causes freedom to be forfeited. And there's only one answer. Stoop. When you feel pride coming on, guess what? Stoop. Stoop, would you stand with me today? I want to prepare us for what God's going to do. I don't know about you, but uh, I deal with pride. Pride. I'll never forget, I didn't know how bad I dealt with pride, but but my wife and I, and actually Carl and Stephanie were with us, and we'd flown out of town, and we were at a meeting, and and no one really knew us there, and, and we were in this meeting, and and at that point, some things happened, and and I didn't realize how bad I was struggling with pride. And I remember standing, we were standing among a few thousand people outside in the hallway, and I remember saying, Don... Where is this coming from? Why are you struggling with this right now, right here? And I remember about three or four times in about two days having to fight that fight that when I finally had a breakthrough, it was amazing. God immediately opened the door that could not have been opened until we got to that place. I'm telling you, in the first service, I think it may be the first service, uh, first time I've ever preached and 100% of the hands went up and said, yep, you got me. The second service, 99, like 08 percent of the hands went up. Yep, you got me. The, I think the only hands that didn't go up was somebody really dealing with pride.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I don't really say, put your hands up right now. But why don't we do it different in this service? Why don't we position ourselves? And the thing that positions you best, the enemy of pride, is praise. Or can we go back to that old song right there we just quoted, that amazing grace? Sweet the sound. And let us take a moment, and then we'll pray.
0: Amazing grace How sweet the say
1: Bow your heads across this place. And I'm not looking at the individuals. Really. This is more about you. I've done my part. I've obeyed God today. I brought this message. I've obeyed the Lord. This is more about where you are right now. How many of you with nobody looking around and everybody praying? We do we don't we don't need your help this morning. But say, Pastor, I know there's an area in my life, it may be your marriage and some relationships, it might be I just feel this parent-child relationship. I know that if I can find the right position, God can do a miracle. Can I see your hand if, if that's you? Yeah. Overwhelming majority of people in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Put those down. Father, you see those hands. Now let me ask you, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've never surrendered to Christ because I thought I could make it through this life's journey on my own. I've never given my life to Jesus, but today I'm going to stop being prideful and I'm going to surrender to Christ and make him my savior, make him my Lord. I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anybody else that just raised their hand or, or, maybe, maybe you're somebody listening or somebody watching and right there where you are, God's wanting to deal with your heart right now. God's wanting to speak to you, but whether you're there or whether you're here, now's the moment. If you're here today and you say, pastor, Today's the day I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Can I just see your hand right where you are? Would you just hold it up high so I can see you? Thank you. Is there another today? Thank you. Is there another today that will join with these two young men this morning? Amen. All right, I want you to join hands with everybody around you if you would. The Bible says that if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. You're going, Pastor Don, you, you, you say this every week. And yeah, you're right. But it's what Paul said, that I am convinced it's the greatest message of all, for it is the power of God unto salvation. That as we confess Jesus, that he forgives us and sets us free. Let's pray with these as they pray in faith. God's going to change your life, young man. Let's pray together right now. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, right now, I believe by faith that I am forgiven, for I am a sinner in need of a savior but now i believe you came for me you died for me and now you live for me and by faith god is my father heaven is my home jesus is my savior thank you father for what you've done thank you lord that this prayer is just a simple beginning place for their lives to change for you as they begin to realize it's christ who now lives in them and through them in jesus name amen